And welcome in to this edition of the 1010XL.com Gator Bites Podcast. Southeast Orthopedic Specialist brings it to you. They're Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine that includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green, and... Uh, we wow. got to do this? What a uh, what a weekend! What a weekend! Uh, got a weekend that got very real, certainly on the basketball court. Yeah. On Saturday, and a weekend in a sports sense that was awful on the football field on Saturday. Let's begin obviously with what should take precedence, and that's the situation surrounding Keontae Johnson of the Florida Gators. Obviously, as we all know, he collapsed Saturday in Tallahassee, was taken to the hospital. Uh, it has been reported by the USA Today per his grandfather who talked to them that Keontae, as of right now, at least to my knowledge, is still in a medically induced coma. That came out yesterday, Denny. Um, your reaction to the, the Keontae Johnson situation and, man, how scary it was. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody our age instantly thinks of Hank Gathers. I think probably yeah. younger people don't probably know who that is but i thought of reggie lewis too the boston yeah. celtics player yeah yeah hank gathers was the first thing i was training on saturday and dan hicken happened to be in the facility and he walked down he's like yo did you hear what just happened and he told me about it and this first thing that thought that popped in my head and so you know i think we had dr swanson on from southeast orthopedic last night on the sports den and we asked him a bunch of stuff about this and he did say he's like listen you know the fact that this thing is still ongoing is is a better sign mm-hmm. is is a better sign than what you know the initial fear would have been at least in his mind and he wasn't there so I, I you know I think there are some good things to take out not not good things but there's some positives to look into the fact that it's a medically medical induced coma they're still he's still fighting so you know hopefully they're able to get him uh, to fight through this and and you know just I, I think it's universal right now and this is one of the cool things about sports. Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Miami, whatever. Saw Auburn, Arkansas, all of them. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody's on the same page on this. Is is just prayers for the family, prayers for the young man, and you you just hope he pulls out of this. And it really puts it into perspective. You know, it just so happened to be against your arch rival in Florida State, but you saw the reaction of those players on the Seminole squad. Leonard Hamilton you, going you, to Mike White and essentially telling him, "Hey, it's up to you if you want to keep playing." Mike White. I guess went to his players. They wanted to keep playing, so the game went on. Florida State went on to win the game. We know that Florida has canceled or at least postponed their game against UNF. That was scheduled for Wednesday night. We don't know about, I think, Florida Atlantic. That's on Saturday. But I got to wonder, Denny, I mean, if you're a teammate of Keontae Johnson, a lot of those guys obviously are not only teammates but brothers, essentially, best friends if you even want to play basketball right now. Well, I think it affects so much more than just the basketball team, too. You got, I mean, there is these guys are around each other from an athletic standpoint all the time, football, basketball, baseball. Like, it's all right there. I mean, every time I go to Florida uh, to work with quarterbacks, I, like, I see the other sports that you can't help it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think these guys are around each other. That I have zero doubt that it was heavy on the mind of a lot of the football players as well. Um but just before we go any further, props to Leonard Hamilton, by the way, who I think is a really good guy. Like, everything you hear about Leonard Hamilton, have you really ever heard anything bad about that guy? I never have, no. no He's going to end up at the Hall of Fame, too. He's it, 
one of the most winningest head coaches in the history of the ACC. The way he handled that, though, yeah. and you just saw like a veteran at the game. You know what I mean? Just calm, cool, collected. What can we do for you? Just the way he handled that whole thing. It could. I think some other coaches may have handled it a little differently. And I, I just props to him. Props to the Florida State program for the way they handled that. Agreed, agreed. And we certainly are praying for Keontae Johnson. Uh, you know, when new news breaks, we'll certainly have it right here on 1010XL. But again, the last update was yesterday from his grandfather, who spoke with the USA Today. It said Keontae was in a medically induced coma. They did transfer him mm-hmm. from Tallahassee Memorial Hospital to Shands in Gainesville, and uh, we'll certainly see what happens. All right, now taking a drastic turn back into the world of sports, <sighs> which is what we do here on Gator Bites. We talk sports, and uh, my goodness gracious, Saturday night, the Swamp, senior night for 20-plus Gator seniors, you're playing an LSU team that had 50 scholarship guys available. And, Denny, not that I'm going to toot my own horn, but I'm going to toot my own horn. We sat in this studio last week, and I told you that I was a little iffy on the LSU game. I didn't think Florida was going to lose. I'm not going that far. But I told you I was a little concerned. We, we, yeah, we agreed on that. I remember last week it was like, this is the one game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right, right. This we, is the only game all year that I you were actually... You were concerned. Too. Now, we didn't think we were going to lose. No. But we were both concerned. The, I never in my wildest dreams expected to see what I saw on Saturday. Here's what happened. Here's what happened is Dan Mullen had his worst game as a head coach. And you can sum everything up in that statement. If there's one thing that I despise in people, it's outward arrogance. It's a a thinking that you are in some way better than somebody else or better than what you are. Are. That's what we saw on Saturday in a nutshell. Now, you're people listening to this, you need to know, like, I love Dan Bowman. I have very good friends on that staff. I think the world of that staff. I think it is an awesome staff that, for the most part, other than one piece, needs to stay in place. And we're going to get to that in a second. When you chose to not dress Kyle Pitts, who went through warm-ups, what did you tell your team about that game? When your team saw Kyle Pitts go through warm-ups and then you came in and you saw him not out on the field, what do you? what's the message that sent to your team? Oh, this is going to be easy tonight. We don't need Kyle right. Pitts. Exactly right. Yeah. Like, as a leader, you don't do that. Would Saban ever do that? Hell no. Like, th- that was, as my partner James Coleman calls it, that's a shoulder pads game. That is, hey, guys, let's go handle business. Let's go take care of these jokers the first half, take the shoulder pads off second half, get ready for Alabama. Mm-hmm. That's what that was supposed to be. It When Dan Mullen made that decision, I think it set in motion what we saw happen. The sloppiness, the half-ass attitude. The not attention to details, the terrible play calling in the red zone, the terrible play calling on the defensive side, terrible, the worst play calling defensively that I have ever seen at any level of football happened on Saturday night in games. Expand on that. Why did you have such a problem with Todd Grant? You're playing a freshman quarterback making his first start in the swamp. Granted, not in front of 100,000 people. You are more talented. You're older. You're more experienced in just about every position on the field than the LSU offense is. And you try to get cute? Like, you try to get cute with corner blitzes? And even if you pay attention to that corner blitz, for those watching, you can see me. For those listening, I'll try to explain. 
A lot of times, blitz comes from the boundary. It's snuck up. Pre-snap, it's snuck up, snuck up, snuck up. You hit it full speed. Safety rolls over the top. They hit you for five. They hit you for five. No, no, that's not what we did. We held, 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 went at the last minute, expected the alley guy to go backwards and the safety to come down. The dumbest play design on third and seven that I've ever seen. Like, you're asking to get roasted, and that's what happened. And you didn't do it once. You did it twice at least. And I put that on Dan Mullen. I don't put it on Todd Grantham because go back to the Kentucky game. Kentucky game, third and five, third and six. Todd Grantham calls man with no spy against Terry Wilson. Terry Wilson reads it, takes off for 12, 14, picks up the first down. Mullen loses his mind on Grantham. What should have happened on Saturday is after the first corner blitz, Mullen should have went to Grantham and said, you ever pull that again? You can walk your ass straight to the locker room. You're never coaching here again. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Mullen didn't do that, You're either coaching it or you're allowing it. You're allowing that stupidity to happen on your watch. As a $6 million CEO, that's on you. That ain't on Grantham. So I'm assuming, based on your passion, that you would like to see a change at the Gator defensive coordinator position. It should have already happened. Yeah. That is no different than the crap that, what's his name, pulled for the Jets? Greg Williams. Greg Williams. It's the same thing when you recognize stupidity like that you got to walk away from it is there any concern you've brought this up in the past is that grantham may not be the best x's and o's guy but he's a heck of a recruiter yeah he 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 canceled that out for me i have i have i have been his biggest proponent because i know how good of a recruiter he is it doesn't matter who you recruit if you if you call plays like that i don't care who you have you're not putting him in a position to win he's got to go Today's Gator Bites podcast on 1010XL.com, along with the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page, is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. For the highest quality care, you can rely on Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for any orthopedic injury or concern. You can log on to their website by going to se-ortho.com, and you can listen for Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the good Dr. Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings in the 7 o'clock hour, with Jeff and Dan right here on 1010XL for his weekly analysis of injuries in sports. Marco Wilson. Marco Wilson. All right. Um, I agree with everything that you said. Grantham and points was horrible in that game. The Gators having two consecutive three and outs on offense was absolutely ridiculous. I thought Mullen was stubborn with the play calling, wanting to continue running the ball, I thought was a stubborn thing to do. Oh, see, I, I, I thought the that's funny you say that because if he'd have run the ball early in the game in the red zone, that wouldn't have been a game. Well, I right. actually thought they were trying to get Traska Heisman. That's what it looked well, like. That's early interesting in that to game. me because I thought in the second half they just well, yeah. I mean, we're talking about two different points, right? Yeah. Um. So I, play calling in general, I thought was horrible. All that being said, if Marco Wilson does not pick up that cleat and launch at 25 yards down the field, the Gators win that football game. True. Because LSU would have been punting from inside their own 25. Florida gets the ball probably around their own 35. You drive down 40 yards. McPherson hits a 45-yarder. You win the game at the buzzer. Uh, the th- the cleat throwing in 30 years of me watching Gator football is the dumbest thing I've ever seen a Gator football player do. The only thing I could even compare it to is Dallas Baker in 2004 against Tennessee. 
but I think more of that was the official wanting to throw a flag on Florida. The official standing right there. He sees a Tennessee player hit Baker. Baker responds. Baker's the only one with the penalty. It was dumb that Dallas Baker did that, but to me that was on the official. This is completely and totally on Marco Wilson. I'm not going to make excuses for the kid. It was inexcusable Mm -hmm. what he did on Saturday night. No, no, no. Everything you're saying is absolutely true. I'll tell you this, like, I think this about Marco Wilson. I, I, I think I tweeted this. If I'm Dan Mullen, he's not playing another down for me. Um, and it's nothing against Marco. It's if that would have happened under Willie Taggart, what would we have said? Mm-hmm. Like you, you have to. That's the first thing that popped in my head is we would have referenced the music and practice. We'd have referenced a lack of discipline. We'd have referenced all that stuff. At some point, you have to, as a leader, put your foot down and say, "I'm, I'm again, you're either coaching or allowing it. I'm not allowing this to happen in my program. And so I can't let that. I, I don't care who you are. You didn't cost us a game. Mullen cost you the game. But I'm not under my watch, we're not going to have a, a display of stupidity for the entire country to see. That's a lack of... Of discipline, and I can't have that in my program. And I thought what almost added to it was after the game, and then again during was it the Monday press conference? Yeah, Mullen called it a football move. Yeah, I, I, yeah, he said it wasn't I mean, listen, taunting. Listen, what we love about Mullen is he's got Spurrier in him, and so you're going to get the good and the bad with that. And he's going to take up for his guys like that, and like I, I, I get that doesn't upset me. Where I was going with that though, Hack is, I can say this. Um, when I woke up on Sunday, I didn't have any will, ill will towards Marco Wilson. I still wouldn't want him to play. Monday, nothing. I still had this pit in my stomach about the game, but Marco Wilson was an afterthought to me. Because in my mind, it should have never been to that point. Marco made a play. There was a shoe standing there. Sitting there he threw. It's funny now. Like, I think about it, and I actually laugh and I'm chuckle. I'm you're laughing Because it. it's like, because you know the kid. There's nothing that any of us can say that is going to make this kid feel any worse than seeing his his teammates file into the locker room after that game. You you know the kid feels this small already, right? So, like, well, I, I'm not going to pile on to the kid for making a mistake that everybody has made on some level. It just hasn't been on national TV. You're talking to a guy who one of my biggest mistakes, not my biggest, one of my biggest mistakes was highly publicized. Mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. Marco's going to hear about that forever. Memes are fair game. For people that don't know, maybe uh, search Denny Thompson. FHSA. FHSA. Yes. Or don't. That's fine, too. (laughs) Thanks. Um, Memes are fine. But what I saw was Gator Twitter get personal and – you know, start calling this kid out and start calling this kid names and start talking about well, that crosses I want the line. Make, right. And that that's just where it's like, whoa. But but you know, look, it's big boy college football. You're you're I mean, Marco Wilson talks a lot during the game and runs his mouth during the game and does a lot of stuff. You make a mistake like that, you need to be held to that mistake. And I think he was. Now once you go over the line to get to the personal stuff, well then that's Here's the other that's thing. obviously a different conversation. <laughs> Here's the other thing. Marco Wilson had a brother that played at Florida. Yeah, Quincy. Marco Wilson's dad is one of the best defensive back trainers in the country. His dad did not go to Florida. I think his dad went to Miami. He has sent two kids to Florida of his own blood. He's a pipeline. I don't, that's not the family you want to get. If you want to stay active in the recruiting, just trust me on this, Gator fans, you don't want to go at Marco Wilson. 
Like you, you, Dad pulls a lot of strings. So just trust me on that one. If you're a Florida fan, put your best foot forward. We need that relationship to stay intact. You know who loves Marco Wilson? It's Evan McPherson. Because he did miss the kick that could have tied the game. LSU nails a 57-yarder in the fog. You come right back. You're supposed to be one of the best kickers in the country. Yeah, no, you're right. You're, you miss you're a 51-yarder. Right. No one's we talking known. about Evan McPherson. We should have known with that interception how this game was going to go because I've never seen anything like that interception yeah. in my life. Yeah. Like, And it was an interception. When it first happened and they reviewed it, I'm like, all right, cool. We're going to get the ball back. And then, damn, like that's an interception. Gator fans don't want to hear this. And it's not the story here for obvious reasons, but the story in nationally, which should be, and, and certainly it is in Louisiana, those 50 scholarship kids for LSU, they played their ass off. You know what? There is no doubt about it. Hats off because all of us had left at Orgeron out to die, right? And same with Bo Pelini. Hats off to them for doing something that, if you're a Florida State fan, you probably wish you would have seen a couple weeks ago of going, you know what? We're getting our young four and five stars in because this is the Super Bowl to them. And they played like it. Max Johnson, I thought, was phenomenal. And and, and I know Max, and Max is um, – I was not that high on him coming out of high school, but my gosh, what a baller. Mm-hmm. You know, what an absolute baller. Against a bad defense, but he made the throws he needed to make. That's a great point. you got to give credit to LSU uh, for the performance they put on on Saturday night as well. So you lose the game in just heartbreaking, awful fashion – and your reward is less than seven days later, you turn around and play Nick Saban in the Alabama Crimson Tide. Now, before we even talk about the game, the X's and O's, the aftermath, let's just start with this. If you're Florida, how do you mentally get over Saturday night and get ready for Alabama? That's the easy part. That's the easy part. That's the easy part. The easy part is you were humbled. You were embarrassed. And it wasn't like an embarrassment to where you – Played your A game, got beat by another. That's a different kind of embarrassment. That's a we're not as good as we thought embarrassment. What happens Saturday night is a we can't just flip a switch. And so I this I've I've already dogged Mullen enough, so I'm going to give him credit here. Mullen is a master at this. I can promise you that meeting on Sunday, he took the blame, and then he looked at them and was like, "Look, nobody expects you to win now." Everybody says your season's over. Everybody says that we are the biggest disappointment in Florida history. And I promise you I'd be willing to bet everything I have that their practices this week are the most up-tempo and best practices they've had all year. It's motivated. They're out to prove a point now. Now, I don't know if they can, but the, the flip is the easy part. The hard part is getting on that field and matching up with Alabama. The mental flip I don't think it's an issue. How does Florida on the surface match up with Alabama? Let's go quick here because I want to do both sides. Let's do what I think is going to be the bad side first. If you're the Gator defense, what on earth are you supposed to do to stop you play Alabama? Cover, you, play, okay, you, you play quarters coverage. Um, you blitz occasionally. Nothing exotic. No corner blitzes because Mac will eat you alive on blitzes. But you play a deep quarters coverage, which means there's four deep. You're keeping everything in front of you. And then you hope and you pray that when the field tightens up at the end zone, you hold them to a field goal. That's your game plan. It's literally that simple. You cannot play man coverage against them. You cannot send crazy blitzes. 
They're going to be able to run the ball against you. You make tackles. You don't miss tackles. That's number one. You keep everything in front of you. That's number two. When they get inside the 10, you hope the field shrinks enough that you can hold them to field goals. You hope that maybe you force a fumble, you force an interception, and you're off and running. That's the entire defensive game plan. I'd be willing to bet anything I have on it. So now you shift gears to the offensive side of the ball. Kyle Pitts looks like he'll be back. He's healed miraculously. <laughs> he, he's going to be fine. From missing the LSU games. Looks like he will be back. Kadarius Toney got banged up at the end of the LSU game. Hopefully he'll be okay. Uh, he was Unbelievable. nothing short of phenomenal. He's not getting enough credit. Yeah. And I love your Tyreek Hill comparison. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Denny last week compared Kadarius Toney to maybe a Tyreek Hill type of guy. And every time I watch him now, I see that, and it's it's a better comparison. He, he's not getting nearly enough credit, man. What a game he had. A great game. Warrior, too. Great game. So if you're Florida's offense, the common thinking coming into this game is that they'll be able to score on Alabama. The question is, Denny, will they be able to score enough? Well, that's up to the defense, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I think the offense, you can. You can, you, you can have a mid-30s game um, against Alabama's defense. I don't think you have to do anything special, anything cute, other than block really well up front. Like that that's gotta be the focus. You've got the weapons. I think I think you see more grimes than you do anything else this week. I think Alabama has to be so focused on Pitts and Kadarius Tony because both of them are matchup problems. Where they put Tony, how they use Tony, and and Pitts because he's the best player in college football. They're matchup problems. That opens the door for Grimes. That opens the door for Copeland to have one of these eight catches for hundred and thirty yards and two touchdown type of nights. I think you get it. I, I actually think that we get a heck of a football game on Saturday night. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine that includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. Here is the big question. All right. And I hope you're right. I hope we do get a heck of a ball game. In no way, shape, or form am I picking Florida to win. I mean, I'm not breaking any news there. I'm picking Alabama to win. But let's assume Florida wins the game. Pulls the two-touchdown upset. They win the game. Then what? They're in. You think they're still in? They're in. Man, I got to tell you, there's not a lot of people, at least that I've seen, that agree with that. Here, here's why I think they're in. Um, in fact, I think, it's, I think it's funny. I think that at the end of Saturday night, I was the same way. You thought everything's down the drain. Kyle Trask-Heisman, gone. The, the, the National Championship hopes, gone. Um, both can be revived on, on Saturday night. If you go, you beat Alabama, you've played 11 football games, right? Or 12? That'd be 11, yeah. 11 football games. You're going to force that committee to go, we've got to put the SEC champion in that just played 11 football games. USC bump you. It may, it may even push Ohio State. Some of it depends on what the ACC result is. But you, you're not going to be able to put an Alabama team that just lost to Florida in ahead of Florida. It's, it's just not going to happen. So I think if oh, they win, man, you I, get both of them. Okay, you get both of them. Yeah. I, I think wins, Alabama's in regardless. I agree. I think if Florida wins, you get both of them. Okay, now I he, think Texas A&M right now has got to pull for Alabama to win big. Here's my – Or not win big, just win. You know, I wouldn't call it a concern, but here's my thought. Clemson's going to beat Notre Dame. Trevor Lawrence is back. Clemson's mad about the previous game. I, I would be stunned. What if Clemson isn't that good? Well, then I would be wrong. And Have you watched Clemson this year? I have. I don't think that they're the Clemson of the past defensively. I'm telling you, M. Book is legit. 
I, I don't think it's just hard to beat a team twice. I, I understand. I'm just saying it's not. I don't think Clemson blows them out. Is my point? No, what, what, what? That's fair. Let's say Clemson wins the game by by ten, whatever. Then I think Clemson and Notre Dame are both in at that point. Mm-hmm. All right. If we already agree that Alabama's in, that's three. It comes down to Florida, Ohio State. It comes down to Florida, Ohio State, Texas A and M. Texas A and M's out because Texas A and M has a head to head over Florida with one less loss. Yeah, they're not putting Texas A and M ahead ahead of the SEC champion. The SEC champion. I just don't. I don't see how. You can ever set a precedent right now, especially in a year like this, where the SEC champion does not get in. It's never happened before. Yeah, yeah. You got. I mean, six and zero Ohio State, nine and two Florida with a win over Alabama. Now, what helps Florida immensely is how great Georgia looks right now. Because if you beat Alabama, you have two wins over two top eight teams. Yeah. And Ohio State would have zero wins you, over you, a top eight team. You have that in your two losses. Your one loss is over a top seven team. The other loss to anybody who watched the game, which everybody did, was one of those nights. It was a Friday the 13th type of crazy night. Um, I, I just That's my personal belief. I believe if they win, they get in. I, I just don't see how the SEC champion doesn't get in. It would be a fascinating 24-hour period, or I guess a 16-hour period, yeah. if Florida beats out. Oh, it would be total chaos. To see who actually gets in. It would be, and I'm for, I'm all for chaos when it comes to the selections. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to have to worry about that because I just I look at Alabama, and I see almost an unstoppable machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope Florida goes in there and wins the game. I certainly give Florida a better chance this year than the two McIlwain years. That's oh God, there's saying. no doubt. I didn't even want to watch those games. Right. I mean, that's right. But well, let me just ask you flat out: Who wins the game? Um, I think it is a heck of a football game. Like I think it is. I think it goes down as one of the best SEC championships ever. I think this. I, I think it's like a fast paced game that at the very, very end, Florida kicks a field goal to win. You think Florida knocks I do. off Alabama? I do. Wow. Wow. Um, man, if you're right, I will I will shake I your hand. I do. And, and my whole reason for that, I would have never said that two days ago. In fact, when I saw you Sunday, I'm like, that game didn't matter because we weren't going to beat Alabama anyway. My whole reason for that right now is the vitriol coming at Florida right now. And Dan Mullen's going to use that. And they've got athletes. And they are hearing about, hey, they're hearing from former players about how they just embarrassed everybody against LSU. They're going to come out and give Alabama their best shot. Like, there's no doubt about that. Now, is their best shot enough? I may come on here next week and sound silly. I think that there's enough weapons offensively for Florida that they can get it done. I also think, and both can be true, I also think – that Matt goes off. I think we see like a 42-39 type of game or a 42-41 type of game where special teams plays a huge role in this game. You get Denny Thompson every night on the Sports Den on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. You get me every midday with Leon Searcy, Joe Coward, and Matt Hayes on XL Primetime. We'll be back next week to <laughs> recap Florida, Alabama. You want something real funny real quick? Yeah. I'm about to get roasted by Alabama fans because literally while we were on here, ESPN just released an article about me and Mac Jones. Oh. And I just made that pick. So, yeah, I'm about to get roasted over that Well, how pick. about that? You'll get Denny every <laughs> weeknight. You get me every weekday. Thank you for watching and listening to Gator Bites on 1010XL.com and on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Denny, let's hope we're talking about an SEC championship game next week. Yes, sir.